You're listening to the Chilean British Radio. I'm Toby. And I'm Mary. And we are the only Chilean radio in English. Today we're going to talk about British cuisine, following on from our last episode about British slang. But first we need a little bit of music to fire us up. So let's have a listen to The Beatles' Baby You're a Rich Man. Man by the Beatles. Okay, so we're going to be talking about some British foods here, some traditional British cuisine. Uh, so what's the first one we've got lined up here, Mary? The first one we're going to talk about perhaps wasn't for the typical rich man, but it's called bangers and mash. Is that a dessert or a savoury dish? It's a savoury dish. It consists of sausages and mashed potatoes. 
but it's very old. It was introduced in the year 410, um, and it wasn't served with mashed potatoes because we didn't get those. <laughs> we didn't get <laughs> potatoes until the 16th century from okay. the Americas. So originally it would just be bangers and... Uh, typically with onion gravy or just onions, so maybe not as appetising as it is today. Okay, and dates back to Roman Britain, so one of the oldest traditional British dishes, I'd say. Yes, and still really, really popular today. So why do we say bangers instead of sausages? So this word bangers, it means sausages, but why on earth do we call the simple sausage a banger? (laughs) Well, as of 1919, uh, the term bangers comes from the fact that sausages made during World War I, um, when there were meat shortages, were made with such a high water content instead of proper meat that they were more liable to pop (laughs) under (laughs) high heat when cooked. So they were trying to save money during the war by creating these, these cheap sausages. Absolutely, that filled did, with water. That uh, didn't actually cook properly. <laughs> no, they just banged. <laughs> so then it became bangers and mash. Okay, so good. is it still really popular in the UK? Oh, definitely. And according to a survey, it's been voted the most popular comfort food in the UK today. Wow, love me a bit of comfort food. What, what does that mean, comfort food? Comfort food is something that you eat maybe when it's cold or you just feel like you need a proper full meal yeah kind of a meal you use to cheer yourself up after a night a horrible cold day you might get in and make yourself a nice easy Mm. filling meal like bangers and mash yes do you like this do you like this meal mary do you like bangers and mash i love bangers and mash yes i I, couldn't imagine it without the mash though (laughs) i probably wouldn't have liked the traditional one just bangers yes i just love a good sausage i i do like bangers and mash but it's not my favorite because um I'm not the biggest fan of mash. I prefer roast potatoes or chips. Roast potatoes. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, A typical drink that you might have with bangers and mash or any meal of the day in Britain is tea. Oh, yeah. we We couldn't not talk about tea on this, could we? Yes. It's one of the most important drinks that sort of identifies a Brit. Yeah, so if you hear the word cuppa, what's that? What are we hearing when we hear the word cuppa? Cuppa is short for a cup of tea. So if I say, do you want a cuppa? It means, yeah. would you like a cup of tea? It's The drink is so quintessentially British that we we even shorten the name into something that <laughs> takes less word. time to say. Yeah, it's cuppa with this kind of schwa sound yes. makes it into one word. So when did tea start coming to Britain or becoming popular? So since the 18th century, the UK has been one of the world's greatest tea consumers. And also the British Empire was instrumental in spreading tea from China to India, uh, all these different countries. So it's been going on for quite a long time this obsession with tea we have absolutely and it was quite limited to the upper classes um, at first um, but now it's within every social class not that we really have classes anymore <laughs> but now everybody drinks it and it's still really really popular today yeah, it's kind of the great unifier you wouldn't say tea is a very posh high class drink but neither would you say it's a very working class drink it's kind of mm 
for every section of society would, would drink tea. Absolutely. And we drink it in quite a particular way. So a lot of British people put milk or, and sugar in their tea, um, which some countries find a bit bizarre. Yeah, you can't really find milk with tea here. Often you, you have a black tea, in yes. Chile at least. Yes. I know it's just the leaves, but uh, in the 17th and 18th centuries, the China teacups that they were that the tea was served in were so delicate they would crack from the heat. <laughs> so the milk was added to stop that from happening. So you actually needed the milk to stop your your China China cups Absol- from breaking. Absolutely. And now, unless you just have tacky uh, crockery, um, <laughs> it's not necessary. But people really enjoy the flavour. Okay, that's great. And you're a big fan of tea. How many how many cups of tea do you drink a day? Maybe? I'm actually. This is going to sound horrible, but I'm more of a fan of green tea, <laughs> not the typical. Get out. <laughs> not the typical green English tea breakfast. Green tea is very very popular as well. It's starting to get more popular in England as well. Yes. But yes. it's it's very popular here, I think. Yes, yeah. I would never have it with milk though. No. Yeah, of course. Are you a tea or a coffee person? Um, I do love a cup of tea. I would never say no to a cup of tea, but um, I'd have to say I prefer coffee. And coffee appears in the title of our next song, Ooh, which is a British band, band Blur with their song Coffee and TV.
That was Blur, Coffee and TV. Great song. You a fan of that one, Mary? I love a bit of Blur, oh, yes. Oh yeah, great stuff. Absolutely. So you might have a cup of coffee with your full English breakfast. That's what we're going to be talking about now. Yeah, we're going to be making you hungry talking about this one. Yes, well, making ourselves hungry <laughs> and suffering. Um, well, believe it or not, you can actually have a full English here. Um, green Roasters. Oh, in, okay. Bit of a shout out. In probably a shout out to <laughs> Green Roasters. Um, and also... Alice in Wonderland Cafe near here. Oh, I'm going to um, be heading there straight after this. Yeah, so Santiago <laughs> does do a full English, believe it or not. Well, what is a full English exactly? For some of these uh, people might not know what exactly a full, a full English is. A full English breakfast is a very filling breakfast that is probably going to be your lunch and maybe even your dinner as well. It leaves you very full. And the traditional one includes bacon, um, potatoes, fried potatoes poached or scrambled or fried eggs, fried or grilled tomatoes, fried mushrooms, fried bread, a lot of fried things. In <laughs> fact, we even call it a fry-up. Yeah. What, I mean does your, what does your typical full English include? Um, the egg definitely has to be fried, I think. Mm. A scrambled egg. I, I love scrambled egg, but I don't think it works with a It kind of mixes in English. with the beans. Yeah, you want a proper fried egg. Um... Toast with butter, some sausages and bacon, and some baked beans in that lovely tomato sauce, mm. all mixed together. You can mix it together, um, but yeah, that would be my hash preferred. browns. Oh, with some hash browns as well. Hash browns are kind of potato, mm. fried potato type type it's thing. It's gorgeous. Our beans are a little bit different from Chilean beans. They're a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Um, and softer, but they're they're very very nice. And what about your preferred fry up? Pretty Do you have much any the same. Yeah, pretty much the same. You got to get the fried bread on there. So not just toast, fried bread, just a lot of fried stuff. <laughs> um, it's probably one of the most damaging to your health <laughs> breakfasts <laughs> possible. <Yes>. Well. <laughs> Well, back in the day, uh, the idea of the English breakfast goes right back to the 13th century. Um, so in the old Anglo-Saxon tradition of hospitality, households would provide hearty breakfasts for people visiting, neighbours, friends. Um, so it was, well, it became popular in the Victorian times, but back in the day it was more to give a really filling meal. Yeah, you definitely want to eat something like this before having... A hard day of of manual labor or exercise Going definitely to war. help you. Yeah, definitely something like that. It's also quite popular after after a night of uh, partying. Exactly. I'd say. I'd say nowadays maybe we're not as physically challenged, but this definitely helps with a hangover. Yeah, if you're hungover, this might hit the spots. I'd say. Definitely. You can also find this dish in Scotland, Ireland and Wales and they've just changed the name to Full Irish, Full Scottish, Full Welsh. But I think the most internationally recognised would be the Full English. The Full English. Not yeah. that we're biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most, the most well known. Okay, so up next we've got a song by The Streets and it's Don't Mug Yourself. I 
new diet of a morning after Leaning back on my chair in a greasy spoon cafeteria Last night was some beer layering us done our way But again we're back in the light of day Chatting shit, sitting at the wall table Telling jokes, playing with the salt Looking out the window Girl brings two plates of full English over With plenty of scrambled eggs and plenty of fried tomato Get my phone out About to give this girl a shout See if she had a nice time last night uptown Ask if she fancies trying it again sometime Then cow grabs the phone like Oi, 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 oi Hold it down, boy Your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her By all means you can vibe with this girl But just don't just mug yourself That's all, don't, don't mug yourself Seriously, mate, you fucker No, no, don't no, no I mean, I fucking I'm no way, really, do you know what I mean? I fucking, I can take it or leave it Believe And then Calvin's like Oi, you need to hold it down, Jack Put your phone back Quit staring into space And eat your snack, that's that She'll want you much more for not hanging on Stop me if I'm wrong, stop me if I'm wrong Why should she be the one who decides whether it's off or on or on or off or on? Now the girl's rude, I know she's rude But she's screwed right through you, you'll be on your knees soon Hold it down boy, your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her By all means you can vibe with this girl But just don't just mug yourself, yourself, that's all, don't mug yourself And I'm like, honestly, it's not like that You're acting like I'm prancing like a sap Jumping when she claps and that Oi, do you really think I act whack? Cause I'm telling you, I'm serving the aces And it's game, set and match Perfectly in control of this goal I've got the lead role, won't be folding I'm older than you told Girl sold, high speed's gold Game over, game over, too cold Hold it down, boy, your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her By all means you can vibe with this girl But just don't just mug yourself, yourself, that's all, don't mug yourself Hold it down, boy, your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her By all means you can vibe with this girl But just don't just mug yourself, that's all, don't mug yourself Hold it down, boy, your head's getting blurred I know you can't stop thinking of her That girl, is she a smelly on her piece? She must have crab oh, and fucking oh, shrimp oh, in her teeth <laughs> No Oh, no, that's it, that's it <laughs> uh, Hold on, let me go again Let me go again <laughs> are, we, are we still recording? <laughs> well, yeah That was The Streets with Don't Mug Yourself there was a bit of a mention of uh, full English breakfast in that song. There was, in the first verse, yeah. there was a little shout-out. Did you catch what he said, uh, He said he was at a greasy cafeteria, um, yeah. and then he said a full English. I think he mentioned tomatoes. Yeah, he said. I think he said plenty of fried tomato. So yes. he was very happy with his Obviously, that's English. his favourite ingredient. Yeah, so you can see how typical this dish is in England. It's mentioned in songs. And this song is about a very kind of typical way of life, so of course they're going to sing about the typical foods. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that a full English would be mentioned there. Absolutely. Another really typical dish, probably the most typical, I would say, yeah. with the stereotype of the Brits, is fish and chips. Yeah, this is a, this is a big one, isn't it? Probably, it is a probably big the biggest, I'd agree mm. with you there. So chips is a British word for what you might have heard as French fries. So the Americans would call chips something different. But for us, they're like a fat French fry. Yeah, so when we refer to fish and chips, uh, we're kind of referring to a hot dish. It's always fried. It's kind of fried fish and fried chips. 
It's not really a very fancy dish, generally. No. It's、uh, often common takeaway food. So, takeaway, very cheap. You just go to the shop, you put it in a little newspaper and take it home.、Mm-hmm. So, it's not, it's not the most. Classiest of foods? No, definitely not, but it's very popular. It first appeared in the UK in the 1860s, and by 1910 there were over 25,000 fish and、wow. chip shops across the UK. So you can just see how, how popular they became. Yeah, and by the 1930s, over 35,000. And a lot more today. <laughs>、yeah. We even have、um, fusion, so we say fish and chip shops, we call them chippies. You can even have Chinese chippies now. Chinese chippies. Because、chippies. we love Chinese takeaway and we love fish and chips. So we fuse them together and you can go to a Chinese chippy. Yeah, so fish and chips are now a staple takeaway meal <laughs> in numerous countries, but particularly in English speaking and Commonwealth countries. Yeah, I believe it's probably quite popular in Australia as well.、Yeah. But in England, it's、coast. one of the most, most loved takeaways along with. A Chinese, Indian, pizza, fish and chips will definitely be up there with them as well.、Mm, absolutely. I think immigration has influenced British cuisine the most. We don't have a lot of typical dishes that we actually yeah, thought we of. Yeah, created ourselves. Fish and chips actually came from Spanish and Portuguese immigrants bringing over pescado frito. And we took that idea and just, you know, added a load of chips on it at the top <laughs> because, you know, we're not fat enough. <laughs> Yeah, nothing fancy for us. We'll just, yeah, just put, put some, some chips, chips on. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So,、um, why did、um, sort of religion influence this, this dish being so popular? So, religiously speaking, only eating fish on Fridays, it's kind of a, a Catholic thing, resulted in a British tradition of Fish Fridays. Which is still common in fish and chip shops and restaurants across the United Kingdom on Fridays, particularly during Lent. So, this kind of tradition of only eating fish on Fridays, that's the kind of thing that started this. Yeah, if you go to a chippy on a Friday, the lines are going to be a lot longer yeah, than any other day. Definitely. But、um, not just on seaside towns, surprisingly. So, you'd think it would be fresher on seaside towns.、Uh, but... Because of our train system and our railways,、um, you can get fish and chips anywhere in the country、um, as of the second half of the 19th century. So it can be transported to, I don't know, the Midlands, for example. <laughs> so it's available everywhere. I think Chile doesn't have this problem because the coast is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> But in England,、um, we have to transport it to other places too. Yeah. This is when fish and chips really started getting popular. When the railway system developed, so we could transport fish into the cities. Absolutely. And do you like, are you a big fan of fish and chips, Mary? I do, I do love it, but I don't like too much batter. Right. If it's too fried, it can be a little bit heavy.、Mm. But、uh, I love the chips. And the, what, do the you, chips what do you have on your fish and chips? This is an important question because there's lots of condiments and sauces、Ooh. that you can put on your chips and your fish. I love a bit of tartar sauce on my、mm. fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I love a bit of tartar sauce. And vinegar on the chips, salt on the chips. Vinegar, no, I'm sorry. Do you have mushy peas? Mmm.、Uh, I used to hate mushy peas as a child, but. Uh, recently, I've, I think I've developed a taste for them. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are mushy peas, though? I think that's a very English thing. Mushy peas are 
mushy peas. I don't know if they're peas that are mushy. <laughs> they're usually bright peas green. Peas that are kind of mashed up into a mm. kind of thick kind of paste yeah. almost. Yeah. So it looks a little bit like maybe guacamole. Yeah, it looks a bit like guacamole. Thing, but, yeah. um, it's peas. Yeah, Very definitely nice. something to try. And the other thing, we don't really have this in the north of England, is a saveloy. Do, do you have the, do you have this in in the Midlands? The saveloy sausage. Yeah. Yes, is it the sort of long one? You have battered. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This kind of thing. Again, yes, we fry everything. So yeah. Put batter on everything. This is kind of a point of interest because in the south they're very big fans of the saveloy, but in the north you can't really find one. <laughs> you can't really find <laughs> these saveloys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now we have another song for you by the Smiths. It's called Panic. back that was the smiths with panic yes absolutely and maybe if you've had a panicking week you'd like to end it with a nice sunday roast yeah sunday roast this is a very traditional british meal isn't it yes obviously typically eaten on a sunday with your family and what what is in a sunday roast what well, ingredients do we have here we have some sort of roasted meat hence the name so maybe you roast a chicken or beef or ham and then you serve it with different vegetables. So roast potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, stuffing, 
vegetables yeah, such kind as of Brussels traditional, sprouts. Traditional English vegetables that we yeah. have. Yeah. Parsnips, peas, carrots, beans, broccoli, maybe anything that's in season really, but you know, sort of the bland yeah. British vegetables. Sometimes <laughs> we, call this, we call this your greens. Yes, your, your greens. greens. Eat your, your greens. greens. Be big and strong. Or your veg, short for vegetables. Your Absolutely. veg. Absolutely, and then we cover it all in gravy. Gravy. Mm, what delicious. is gravy? Do you know? Gravy is kind of a meat stock. Usually, it can also be onion, mm-hmm. and it's it's very hot. It's it's a hot stock as yeah. well. Yeah, it's good because if the meat goes a little bit cold, because you have to get the timings right with the vegetables. Yeah. Just just put a load of gravy yeah. on it. <laughs> Fix it with that gravy. You saved the day. <laughs> Definitely. So. It's very important in British culture. In fact, it was ranked second in a list of things people love about Britain. Wow. I wonder what the other things were. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. sure And there's a couple of other names for this meal. You could have a Sunday lunch, roast dinner, a full roast, all meaning the same thing, a Sunday roast. The meal with roasted meat and vegetables, typically that you have on a Sunday. Definitely. And it... Uh, Why Sunday? Well, it originated in England as a meal to be eaten after church. So you go to the service in the morning and um, you can leave the the meat and the vegetables cooking while you go to church. Yeah, and as well, Roman Catholics and Anglicans, they traditionally abstain from eating meats on a Friday. So uh, Sunday would kind of be the, the time when this fast stops and they can they can uh, feast on this lovely Sunday roast. Are you drooling, Toby? <laughs> <laughs> this is making me very hungry. <laughs> yes, and obviously going to church was a family activity. So coming home from church, having the Sunday roast, eating as a family, uh, just kind of became a tradition. I think yeah. nowadays it's quite important because we become quite independent, everybody has their own schedule, um, so families don't typically eat together as much anymore. So having this time on a Sunday is quite sacred. Yeah, it's interesting that we're we're not a very religious country anymore. But these this tradition of having this Sunday meal consisting of meat um, after these religious rules no longer really exists because not many people in England go to church anymore. It's mm-hmm. quite a minority. But it's interesting that this cultural tradition still exists and is still going and everyone in England will have heard of a Sunday roast and most people will have had one, I would say. Absolutely. And if not, if they don't eat it every Sunday or every week, they definitely eat a classier version on Christmas Day. Yeah, the Christmas dinner is quite similar to the traditional Sunday roast. Uh, You'll have a meat or maybe two different meats roasted and along with your vegetables, gravy, Yorkshire puddings I have in my house. <laughs> oh yes, obviously. The typical Yorkshire ones, I bet. The massive ones. <laughs> um, you could also have bread sauce, maybe, if you're having turkey. Or if it's lamb, you could have mint sauce or cranberry sauce. So there's lots of different condiments you can have. Also, pigs in blankets. Oh, what are what pigs, a, in oh blankets, pigs in blankets, Toby. I love pigs in blankets. They are a sausage normal kind of sausage and then that sausage is wrapped in bacon 
mm. and then cooked in the oven. You might or think fried. we all want to die in England and <laughs> have heart attacks. But yeah, it's not the healthiest food, we must say. It's quite meaty. It's very hearty. Yeah, um, but at least we've got we've got a bit of veg in there. So yeah, you've got your greens. At least you're getting you're getting some of your fibre day but along yes, with all that fat. A lot of meat. I think meat was associated with having money. Uh, back in the day so meat became a very typical part of our cuisine um, and also the cold weather so we like to have full dishes yeah and uh, just a little bit more about the history of this dish so in the late 1700s during the industrial revolution in the united kingdom this is how they would make the sunday roast so they'd first put the meat in the oven they'd get ready for church They'd add all the vegetables, they'd go to church on the Sunday morning, and then when they get back from the church, the dinner was all almost ready. So it's quite an ingenious way of just using your time. You don't have to think about timings, and then the juices from the meat and the vegetables would mix together, and then that was where gravy came from. Ah, okay, interesting. Very interesting. So what's your favourite kind of Sunday roast? What do you have with your Sunday roast, Mary? Ooh, I would say chicken is my favourite meat. Mm. So a nice roast chicken yeah, with I the nice well. roasted skin. Ooh, the is, skin. There any, is there any vegetables you're, you're skipping? Or? Oh, leave the Brussels sprouts out. Yeah. No. I'm not a big fan of the Brussels sprouts either. Yeah. My brother, he is the world's biggest fan of Brussels sprouts. What? No. In that case, I would be a Brexiteer. Brussels, <laughs> exit my plate, please. Let's leave Brussels in Belgium, yeah? <laughs> okay, very good. So the next song we've got up is Rex Orange County, Loving is Easy. Fucked up 
That was Rex Orange County with Lovin' Is Easy. Great track, that one. One of my favourites. So speaking of love, let's talk about Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) So they recently wanted to be independent from the UK, but luckily they didn't leave for us. I love Scotland. (laughs) It has such a rich culture. Um, So we thought it was important to mention, as they are British, Let's talk a little bit about Scottish cuisine. Scottish cuisine. So the the most famous Scottish dish, the one known all around the world, is haggis. What haggis. is haggis? Well, haggis is a savoury pudding and it contains sheep's innards. So sheep's the innards. sheep's heart, the sheep's liver, its lungs. Yeah. And that's minced together with onion, oatmeal, uh, spices and salt and stark and then it's cooked and it, then you wrap it in the animal's stomach and that's the casing a little right. bit like what we do with sausages yeah but more disgusting <laughs> does sound gruesome but um, i'm sure the end product is yes. delicious although i can say i personally i've never tried haggis um I've, of course i've heard of it i think everyone will have heard of it but I've mm. never actually had the opportunity to try haggis. Well, my grandfather is Scottish and it's very typical on Burns Night, a very important right. night in Scotland, to eat haggis. Um, but I think it's a it's a good thing because you're using every part of the sheep, Yeah, definitely. I don't think um, there's any need to be very picky about these kind of things. If you want to eat the heart, liver and lungs, then <laughs> go ahead. Make it, make use of every part of the animal. You disembowel that sheep. <laughs> yes, and it's served with what they call neeps and tatties. <laughs> which, is actually, <laughs> which is actually um, just uh, potatoes. I think that's a Scottish word, tatties, they say for potatoes. Right, but they're boiled and mashed uh, separately from the haggis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so this is just a way to use the least expensive cuts of meats and all the innards of the animal. Yeah, so as you say, it's a very efficient way of cooking or using the parts that may be less used, maybe less expensive, but they're still seeing seeing use and being able to be, to be eaten. Perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes. And some people don't know what is inside haggis because you don't hear it in the title. It's just called haggis. Yeah. So a joke is, uh, that a lot of people say is that haggis is a small Scottish animal <laughs> with longer legs on one side so it can run around the Scottish Highlands without <laughs> falling over, <laughs> which is quite funny. In fact, um, when I was little... My dad promised me a pet haggis and um, I believed him and he said it was a small hamster-like animal and uh, he told, uh, I told my mum that I wanted a hutch for my haggis. I said, could you buy me a haggis hutch for my birthday? And my mum rang my dad asking him, what the hell is a haggis and why does my daughter want a pet one? And my dad was obviously in hysterics. So it's a typical kind of practical joke to... To pull on people, to Absolutely. tell them that this haggis is a real animal, when I in fact it's it. just it's just part of the sheep, part of a sheep. I believed it, and I'm not alone because, according to one poll, 33% of American tourists in Scotland believed it too that haggis <laughs> is in fact an animal. Well, that's Americans for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Banter. Uh, have you tried haggis? I haven't tried haggis, but have you tried I, haggis? I tried today? it once when I was in Edinburgh. And I what thought, did you think? I'm in Edinburgh. I should try the typical yeah, try food. When in Rome. For me, exactly. For me, it seemed like just a typical British dish, you know, sort of minced up meat together. It didn't particularly, you know, the ingredients may sound revolting, but um, it, it just tasted a bit like sort of minced meat. Okay, yeah. A typical I, pie. I, I have no particular fear of trying haggis. I think if I was offered it, I would definitely try it. I just never never had the opportunity yet to... I would never have been presented with some haggis Make it yet. from scratch. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> don't think I would particularly like fondling the innards of a sheep. Um, a typical dish that we um, use lamb in is shepherd's pie. Which ah, is shepherd's pie. minced lamb meat, onion. Um, potato has a kind of mashed potato. Yes, a layer of mashed potato pie. on top. A lot of our pies have potato on top. So a lot of our traditional dishes actually came after the discovery of the new world. Yeah. And they brought the potato the back. Potato is very, luckily for very, us. very used. Because before that, I don't know what we did. <laughs> I think we just had onions. It sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a bit of mash. And do you like shepherd's pie? I love shepherd's pie, yes. I prefer it to cottage pie. Cottage ah, okay. pie is the same, but with beef mints. Right. Uh, well, when I was a kid, I was I didn't like shepherd's pie, and mm. it was one of those things that my mum would make every single week. She would make <laughs> shepherd's pie, and I would always tell her I don't want to eat this shepherd's pie. And every week she would forget and make it again. <laughs> yeah, I think my my mum did the same. Also with spaghetti bolognese, things like that. Minced meat because you can freeze it, you can make a lot of it, and it's quite easy to to recook and everything um but yeah. yeah i was i was a very fussy eater when i was little yeah, my stepmom i i hated shepherd's pie <laughs> i can eat it now but no it was that it was that thing where you, you were just like oh you try and eat all the potato <laughs> playing with your food yes yes try and hide the mints somewhere definitely uh should we play another song yeah so the next song we've got is uh tuned by the lars and it's called there she goes
was There She Goes. Very good song, that one. So now we're going to talk a bit about some traditional English drinks. We've talked about one already, yes. which was tea. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Pims. Are you a fan of Pims, Mary? I love Pims. It's very different to tea, though. Yeah, so Pims is it's an alcoholic drink, not like tea. And it's a very refined alcoholic punch made with fruits and alcohol. It's a little bit similar to sangria in the fact you put strawberries and different summer yeah. fruits inside the drink. So in the in the glass with Pims you have lots of ice, cut fruit, maybe oranges or strawberries or something like this. Traditionally you might have cucumber slices mm. as well. But it's a great drink to cool you down in the summer. So you have a barbecue, you might serve a bowl of Pims that people can serve like a punch. Yeah. Also maybe if you have a lot more money you go to the Wimbledon yeah. and you see the tennis and you have a bowl of strawberries and a glass of Pims. Yeah, traditionally the kind of drink you'd have at Wimbledon. It's also traditionally a drink for the upper classes, quite a posh drink. Uh, but nowadays it's quite popular with everyone, particularly as a summer drink. Uh, we're getting into winter now here in Chile, but in England we're creeping towards summer. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> it's spring at the moment, but people are always thinking ahead. So people will be thinking about weddings and barbecues and summer festivals or maybe horse races, outdoor activities. And Pims is a nice accompanying drink to yeah, go with Yeah, definitely those. the kind of drink you'd have at a barbecue. Um, nice summer barbecue. Absolutely. What, what other drinks do we um, get a little bit tipsy on? Um, cider is also a very popular drink in, um, in the UK. I would associate cider with summer as well. Yeah, you this can is sit definitely in a summery drink. A beer garden. So some pubs in England have beer gardens. So you yeah. can sit there with a nice glass of cider because they tend to be quite fruity. Yeah, beer garden, usually at the back of the pub. You have some nice benches. You can sit in the garden next to the flowers, enjoy that open, fresh air. And yeah, definitely you'd enjoy a cider as well. It's for a quite traditional countryside drink. Mm. You might drink it at a country fair. So what's it made from? So it's made from apples, uh, different kinds of apples. And a lot of it is made in England with British apples. Mm. Like Herefordshire and the West Country, they're the biggest producers of cider, I believe. Yeah. I definitely prefer cider to beer. I think it's lighter, it's fresher, it's fruitier. But um, there's also ciders from places like New Zealand that are very nice, or Belgium. Yeah, it's very popular in the in the Commonwealth as well, cider. Mm -hmm. Yes, lovely. Lovely, nice summer drink. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go into winter now. So Christmas, we typically drink an alcohol liqueur called Bailey's. Bailey's, oh yeah, that's a good one. Bailey's is quite a creamy liqueur. I would say it's quite similar to Cola de Mono here yeah, in Chile. Yeah, I'd say very similar. Yes. It's quite uh, quite thick, mm. quite a thick alcoholic drink with a kind of coffee, coffee taste. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of milky, but now they're making um, sort of dairy-free uh, Bailey's with almond milk and different flavours, um, maybe coffee... 
as well. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different varieties. So everybody can have a glass of Baileys. Do you like Baileys? I do love a Baileys. <laughs> <laughs> love a cheeky Baileys at Christmas. Uh, yeah, you, usually a very Christmassy drink. You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't really have it. Uh, I know, I don't think I've, I've ever been offered Baileys no. outside of December. You might have it with a slice of cake or something like that at Christmas. A bit of Christmas cake. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas cake is a very alcoholic cake. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You can um, pour the pour the liquor over over some cakes and light it on fire. <laughs> yes. Create a bit of theatre. <laughs> We're crazy. <laughs> we set our cakes on fire. Um, but yes, we use a lot of dried fruits, things that basically make it last longer. I think we think very practically in our cuisine using cheap cuts of meat or whether it's making big bulks of things or using preserves and dried fruits in our puddings. You can see the logic behind it. Yeah, so, in so history, you want to save the cake for, to save later, a few weeks' time, yeah. you still open the tin and the cake is. And the alcohol, fine. the alcohol gets stronger in the yes, cake as well. So it, it kind of intensifies the flavour the longer you leave it. Yeah, so there was definitely uh, a certain way of thinking back in the day, sort of to make things, you know, last longer in yeah. tougher days. Interesting to see the history behind all these foods and drinks, how history has affected English culture it and has. English cuisine. I've learned a lot. I'd actually like to learn a little bit more about um, chilies. Um, food. Yeah, definitely. I do. I do love a good chariana. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to know the history, so history I'm definitely going to look into it now. Yeah. Let's finish with a song, shall we? Okay. And the song we've got is <laughs> "Town Called Malice" by The Jam.
the jam there. What a fabulous song. Yeah, jam time called Malice. Always reminds me of Billy Elliot. <laughs> Great film. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Yeah, time does fly. <laughs> Here at the Chilean British Radio. Yeah, you've been listening to Brit's Eye View. We'll be back next time. Thanks Take care. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. The Chilean British Radio.